A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Insane in the Fembrane. Brain. And before we begin, before we get into it, over on my other podcast, Insane the Membrane, I'm talking to Patrick Jones, uh, poet Patrick Jones, who is also the elder brother of Nicky Wire from Manic Street Preachers. So, so get yourselves over there to Insane in the Membrane right now. This week's guest is Kelly Ford, who I met through her show on Soho Radio. Um, she's a fantastic woman. I've, 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 I've really, I was really looking forward to getting her on, um, getting her on the show, and it didn't disappoint. It was a fast, fantastic chat. Pardon me. Sorry, I've just had a, I've just had a, um, I've just had a, I've just had some sandwich that you'll find out in the episode actually. Um, uh, yeah, and it was, a, it was a great chat. Uh, we do, we talk about. Um, we talk about there's a we talk about everything. We really got we really got involved because um, Kelly uh, is uh, pregnant, and I don't really know. Obviously, being a man, I don't know much about that. So uh, we we really got stuck in. Asked, I just thought I'd ask. So I and, and she was gracious enough to tell me. Uh, this podcast, I will tell you now, it does d- contain discussions of Father Christmas uh, that won't be suitable for young listeners. So if you've got this on in the car. Uh, probably don't have this on in the car if you've got little kids around. Um, this is one. For, this is this is this is one for later on in the evening, when you're on your own, or when you're on your own in the car. You know that. Do that. Um, we talk about being being a father. Uh, we talk about being parents. Um, actually, while we're on the subject, my good mate Johnny Cochran has got his. Um, he's got a podcast all about this called um, How's Your Father, and uh, it's a great podcast. Johnny's a great lad, and and it's, so go over there. Go on. Go and get, get hold of that podcast. You'll have a really great time. Um, I've, I've spoken many times actually on the podcast about me being a dad, and it is one of the best things I've ever done. My lads are good lads. I'm very proud of them. Good, good boys, and uh, they sometimes look at me like with despair. Like, when are you going to sort yourself out, Dad? I'm trying. I'm trying, lads. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a funny thing, especially now we, you know, with the way things are at the minute. We talk about what that must be like, you know, bringing a baby out into the world as it is right now, and you know, well, we, you know, Kelly covers all that. She's a fantastic woman, um, and so let's get on with it. So coming up in just a bit, Kelly Ford. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Rich. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I just heard you, you made sushi today. Yeah, lovely. Amazing. Sorry about the delay. No, you're all right, mate. It's one of those things. You got. Thank it, you. It doesn't matter, you know. We're here now. That's the main Lovely. thing. Lovely. Yeah. Um, I was also thinking about what kind of sandwich you would have gone for, <laughs> and I, I've got it down to two. I thought it's either cheese and pickle or like a coronation chicken. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I went for a uh, tuna and red onion. Oh, lovely. Yeah, Fancy. some cucumber. Cucumber being good for you. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Correlation <laughs> chicken. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know people make, yeah, people do make that. Do you know what? I love sushi. Um, oh. But I have to be careful. When we go to Yo Sushi, we end up surrounded by pots. You know, and you can just get it off the yeah. conveyor belt. <laughs> just Too much fun. Uh, it's too much fun. You can't have that. You can't have good stuff whizzing around on a conveyor belt. It's too much fun. It's too much That'll fun. That'll be £4,000, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is that as well. Um, are you all right, though? You well? Yeah, really good, thank you. Yes. How about you? I'm good, thank you. We've just um, we've just been recording my debut radio show, funnily enough. I'm doing... Um, wow, that's is, great. Yeah, I'm following your footsteps and I'm going... In, I'm doing Islington Radio. So, Brilliant. Uh, yeah, so we've just been doing that. And it's... I've never done it before. I've done this, but I've never done that. And so it's quite... Yeah, it's... Um, What's the show about? It's uh, it's called the Tuned Up Time Machine, and we go all over the place, just playing different music from different years, and I just talk a bit about it. And it's been quite a discovery for me. I, there's stuff that I've discovered researching it, so it, I'm enjoy, I'm, I really enjoyed it. I mean, how long have you been doing it? Radio in total, about eight years. Wow. But 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 I I kind of started off at Radio Lollipop, um, Great Ormond Street, and uh, oh, yeah. in the hospital. Yeah. So um, but yeah, just um, I guess yeah, seven years. It's just always kind of been there, a bit of a passion, and it's so fun. It's such a great thing to do, and actually, because you've done so many of these brilliant programming, like I bet it's coming super super. Oh, thank you. Easy. It was. It, yeah, it came it came easier than I thought. I've got to be honest. It's just, uh, the, beauty, the beauty of it is the, the first few are going to be pre-recorded, so we can edit all the swears out. <laughs> yeah, that's we, good. There was a bit of that, um, but not even by me. Producer Paul. Yeah, it was me Jeffrey. most of the time, wasn't it? Sorry. And, uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Um, but it's, well done. Uh, that's really good. I'm excited for it, and it's something I've always wanted to do. Anyway, despite all that, let's let's move on. It's lovely yeah. to have you on. This, we've been talking Thank about this you. for ages, um, <laughs> and do you know what? I'm going to get. Let's get stuck in. Let's get right yeah, into it. Absolutely, because Thank you. you have got a body inside you. I know. 
How's that? I know. Yeah, it's good. I just feel like the um, lockdown cliche. Right. Uh, someone said the other day, "Did you have you not got a TV?" And I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> "But um, I, yeah, well, that's know, better I, than telly, isn't it?" Yeah, absolutely. And also, um, you know, it's better than just coming out of lockdown with a fantastic sourdough starter, isn't it? <laughs> with nothing to show for it, but really good kombucha. Yeah. Um, so, so this so this happened in lockdown then, and then uh, was it planned? Did you plan it? Well, do you know what, Rich? We're going to go there. Come on. It was something. Uh, I had a little girl in 2016, and then a year afterwards, uh, fell pregnant really quickly, and I was like, "Hang on a minute, mm. <laughs> we're not ready for this." And um, it turns out we weren't ready for it because we actually lost the baby at 12 weeks. Oh, I'm sorry. And then. And then kind of like the whole like baby thing was always kind of in the back of our minds. And then I got really sick in 2018. Right. And got diagnosed with Crohn's oh, and wow. another really nasty thing called pyoderma gangrenosum. What is that? And don't look it up if you haven't had your lunch. Ugh. It is something really disgusting. It's like a necrotizing skin thing. Anyway. Oh, oh wow. I, yeah, so... um. And that came about through an insect bite on my leg from Bali. Anyway, long story short, we couldn't have a could, couldn't try for a baby at that time because I was very poorly. Mm. And then we were kind of trying, and I just that <laughs> phrase trying. And actually, was, you were having sex, it, yes, <laughs> having loads of sex, Rich, wall to wall sex. And then it came to the point where we'd been trying for sort of like sixteen months. And it was one month into lockdown and I think I was like two bottles of rosé down and I made the decision, we are not doing this anymore. We've got a lovely little girl. That's it. Be really happy about that. Move on. Yeah. And then ta -da. And my husband. Yeah, exactly. And then da-da. So, yeah, super, sorry, that's a bit long story there, but um, yeah, no, a little no, bit no. of background. But uh, it's interesting. Yeah, really happy. Oh, I'm so pleased. I am pleased, genuinely. I... I have I, I don't know because I had ki I had kids young. I've said this loads on here. Um, when I was twenty, so and they're oh, grown up now. They're they're adults now. They're twenty eight and twenty three. So, and they're good lads. Uh, they're very good lads. They've turned out brilliantly. Um, but I oh, I got to yeah. be honest because a lot of people are having babies at the minute. My ovaries are clacking a little bit. <laughs> I'm getting a little oh. bit. I'm getting a little bit broody. And Second it, wind. Yeah. And I'm, I said this on the other. I said I'd be a bit weird though. There's a massive gap, but no, be fine. But I, you know, that's all right for did me. Did you to like say the that. baby bit? Did you like the baby bit? I uh, yes, I did. I remember. I do remember it. I remember it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a walk in the park because I was a kid myself, so I didn't know what I was doing. But mm. I do, I do love kids. I love having kids around. I think it really gives you a, it gives you energy. As well as taking it away when they're because yeah. they're up at ridiculous times and it's constant, isn't it? It's like you know, it's they, they want your attention completely. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling. How are you feeling at the moment? I'm feeling really good. I mean, we like we did have a bit of a sleep terrorist situation where we didn't sleep for kind of two years. Wow. But actually, you know. I feel like I'm rediscovering the world again through my daughter mm. and actually just the really simple things like crunching through autumnal leaves or, you know, it seems a bit cliche, but actually I think as adults, you can get a bit passe with the world and the beauty of it and the good stuff and the little things. Yes. And actually the little people can definitely kind of open your eyes to what is beautiful in the, sometimes in the simplest form. So yeah, like, um, 
I feel I, I, I never thought I was going to become a mum and then um, quit my full time job because uh, I wanted to get into comedy. And then literally a month later, kind of got pregnant. And uh-huh. uh, I remember being on the Royal Mile, just like trying to get as many gigs as possible and just like trying not to chunder and then just like <laughs> trying to make people laugh like 20 gigs in. And it was like, this is quite. I think I should get a big brownie badge for this because, like, I, this is hardcore. <laughs> There's a lot. That is a lot. Comedy yeah. and pregnancy at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is, and did you go, did you continue comedy right until you were due or? Yeah, I wow. like I thirty six, thirty seven weeks because I was like, actually, do you know what? This is what it's all about, and um, being completely clear headed. Um, when you are pregnant, it mm. was just it, it actually lent itself really well to comedy. I think. Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I, I going back to what you said as well about the about kids kind of open your eyes to certain things, don't they? Like the magic mm. in the world. I just I remember I said this before. I remember I, I I'm so sad that I don't believe in magic anymore, but kids do. They still believe in Father Christmas and they still believe in you know weird and wonderful monsters under the bed and things like that and. Uh, it's um, that innocence. I think is a, is such a beautiful thing. Yeah, you know? and totally to be, I think, uh, encouraged. Like Tab's just finished her first week at school, and I found this kind of faux Regency fairy door that kind of sits on your skirting board. Amazing. Um, and I kind of like planted it there with um, some little milk bottles next to it, a welcome mat, <laughs> some post, a few packages. A key, what? And just a load of like little glit- glitter all around it, and uh, she lost her shit. <laughs> I mean, it was just beautiful. Like, and now it kind of I can then leave little props outside. I buy little dolls' house props and like leave them outside. I put like put a few pumpkins there a couple of days ago. She, she just it blows her mind. And I'm like anything to celebrate magic, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, that's what I love, and that's what I think. I think that's what's happening with me. I think maybe because everything is so shit in the world, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of, maybe I'm thinking, oh dear, I need someone around to show me that it's not all bad. Yeah, yeah it's quite selfish, really. But it <laughs> is a bit. It is shit on toast out there. It yeah. is, and um, it is quite. You, it is quite hard to kind of get that feeling of that effervescence of magic and wonder amongst a pandemic you know Mm. being led by a lying i mean you know just there's all the things without getting political but i just think yeah we've all got to celebrate anything that's good and just clasp onto it and run absolutely (laughs) especially i i yeah i it just seems to be more and more this is the world's on fire other countries we're seeing their governments are getting stuck in and they're and like, you know New Zealand and they're like you know they're, they're taking pay cuts and they're doing this and showing people that they're they're in it with us whereas our government are just hell bent on really really putting the boot in it seems I've never known such a selfish bunch of pricks and the new stuff about the with the the kids school dinners and they voted no how can you vote no this is, and it's, I see things like that. I'm like, I just, I, I was on the train coming here to do this and I just felt utter despair. I just felt so helpless. That guy, Marcus Rashford, what an absolute hero. Yeah. 
Um, I've just did a bit of radio with the Joseph Roundtree Foundation and we were talking about poverty mm. and um, the thing I find really offensive about the way the media portray poverty is this kind of like, anytime you see a news clip, it will be homeless people um, who are using drugs by tube stations, right? Yeah. That's their kind of media angle on what homelessness is. And speaking to Joseph Roundtree, it turns out that seven out of 10 working families who, out of families living in poverty, seven out of 10 wow. are, are working families. Mm, yeah. And, you know, hearing stories of key workers um, in one bed flats where their teenagers are sharing the main bed and they're sleeping on the floor. And, you know, the poverty, the poverty problem in this country is just astonishing. I think there's four million children living in poverty and just, yeah. It's heartbreaking. This government really need to sort it out. And, you know, for someone like Marcus Rashford to have to make that change, you yeah. know. I, yeah. Oh, man. And it, and it's, you know, like this has been said many times that, you know, there's no money for this, there's no money for that, but we can give 12 billion to Serco for... Mm. For, for fuck all and yeah. and they've taken the three grand pay rise whereas our nurses are mm. they don't even have they don't even have proper protection and, yeah and my it, sister's a midwife and, oh, yeah and it, it's, but you, I, I, what do we do what do we do you know well i think you ha we all have to do our bit by um campaigning in the right areas and you know trying to make our difference in you know, in the platforms that we might have or, you know, by by lobbying our MPs and, you know, trying to get amongst it. I think that's what we all have to do. Mm. Yeah. I'll tell you what I find as well. I, I, I recently, very recently, I was talking to my lads and I suddenly realised <laughs> they are grown men and they have their own opinions and their own ideas. And I f it was the first time I'm like, oh, you, you get it. You understand you understand what's happening. Uh, they weren't children anymore. They were telling me stuff. Wow. And it was a really nice moment. I'm like, oh, cool. I, I can. That's special. Yeah, we're like, we're like equals now. It's not, I mean, yeah, I'm still their dad. And, but we're, 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 we're men looking, you know what I mean? And it was a really nice moment. I was like, oh, you boys are brilliant. Because there's, there's a tendency to think that the next, that the younger generation don't have a clue. But they actually do. And they're actually doing something about it. Which is which is amazing, and by having that conversation with them, Rich, did you feel like you've opened up a floodgate of like opinion and uh, conversation for the future about politics, about social change? Like, do you feel like you've opened the floodgates a bit? Mm, definitely, it feels yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was on the yeah. You just assume that they're just kids and they don't know what's going on, but it was a real. A real eye-opening uh, moment, and I, because I, I was always of the, I was like, oh god, what sort of a world have I brought them into? But they're just mm -hmm. dealing with it, like we've dealt with it, you know. And I think, like you're about to, you know, you've got a young a daughter, you're about to bring in another life to the world. Do you worry? Do you think, you know, what am I bringing my my children into? Well, you like you say, um, just do your bit, don't you? You just try and make it. You just look after your bit, don't you? I suppose. I, I like I, I do worry about that a lot. Like I live in Newham in the east end of London. You know, I there's a lot of kind of crime and poverty and uh, rubbish mm. <laughs> and mattresses and chicken bones and all those things that 
when I grew up, I grew up, you know, I was very fortunate. I lived on the top of a hill with a hundred acres surrounding us. There wasn't mattresses mm. on your front doorstep or chicken bones or being woken up by shouting in the night, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I yeah, of course I worry about, uh, I worry about the world that we live in, especially after watching David Attenborough. But I do get very encouraged by the incredible diversity that we live amongst, the sense of community. I live on Albert Square um, in, East, <laughs> in East London. And, you know, like it is, you know, we've got an amazing community and actually we live in a really diverse world that's so culturally rich, you know. Yeah. There's a Romanian bakers down the road where we get our delicious pastries from and, you know, we can go and have Colombian coffee around. You know, yeah. we live in a really rich uh pool of cultural diversity and for that i just think this is an amazing place to grow up you can you know yeah 30 absolutely. minutes you're in the tate modern you know you're in epping forest and you're on your bike in 10 minutes like actually there's so much beauty amongst all the crazy i think as yeah. long as you uh, you know she won't be able to go out and get a pint of milk until she's 18 on her own in <laughs> in, the, in these ends but yeah. that that's until we you know <clears throat> things will change Absolutely. I think you're right. I think you're right. It's trying to focus on the positives that we have rather than, I think, again, we just need to come away from social media a bit and, and experience what's actually going on around us. I think, you know, that's that's the thing. I know I'm, I get bogged down in all the crap and I shouldn't. Um, Do you love social media? No, no one does. Do you love it? I find it a really... Um... I find it like, I'm like Lamar on it. Yeah, I'm 50-50. I'm like, <laughs> I find it like, some days I think, oh, this is a really important thing yeah. that we have. Uh, you know, people are getting voices that have never been heard before. Yes. Um, you can connect with people that you haven't seen for 20 years. There's some really great things about it. But there is obviously this underbelly of kind of, negativity that mm. actually I know you've spoken about this you know a fair amount on yeah. the podcast and I don't want to you know but I, I I think we all know too much of it is a bad thing oh for sure I remember when I was a kid you kind of knew everything you knew there was bad stuff going on but you didn't know fully what it was you kind of just you know there was a bit on the news about mm. a, a war or an atrocity somewhere <clears throat> but we didn't have it all the time constant which I you know, you. I think you need to know what's going on, but you don't need to know that it's going on all the time, because you can't really do anything about it. You know, you mm. can't. I, I'm not at war with anybody. That's not. I didn't do that. But you know, it's and me knowing the ins and outs. Everything it doesn't really help. It doesn't really help anybody else. I don't think. You know, it's. Uh, it's. Uh, I think sometimes we need a break from it. You know, take your bike up Epping Forest. Yeah, Packard <laughs> Coronation Chicken Sandwich. Yeah, no, I, I think you're. I think you're right. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm going to ask you now, and this is a bit. I, I don't. Well, I'm just going to ask you, right? Go because on. I've never been pregnant, mm. and you know that's no shock to you. <laughs> really? <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> what? Um, I know. Well, I, I, so the mother of my just kids. Just go there. Oh. What does it feel like? What does it feel like? To have a human being growing inside you, like what is that? Um, because I know, because I know that's what we're like. We're built for that, so that it's not. You're not like, whoa, what's this? You kind of, but what does it feel like to know that that's going on? 
that's a really good question. I currently feel like I'm housing Michael Flatley, <laughs> practicing uh, river dance. Like I, it's so weird. I just like for the first pregnancy, I was kind of just like so sort of like deluded. I was like in this kind of hypno birthing bubble, just like bouncing on balls and just like you know deep breathing and yeah, and actually you know. So smug, actually, just like <laughs> pr prancing around and just like, you know, pregnant. Uh, and actually, you kind of don't realise what's going to happen no. at the end where you're going to get like this human living being. I mean, I yeah, it's, I mean, God, it, I feel bloody lucky, Rich. That's for, that's for certain to be carrying a, a baby because I know for so many it's not possible. Mm. So, yeah, I feel... One, very lucky. Two, it is quite weird. Yeah. Uh, occasionally when you're like, you know, might be, you know, I might be talking to you now and like literally I'm getting like a douche, douche <laughs> on my bladder. And I'm like, hang on a minute, actually, you need to chill that out for the next 35 minutes. <laughs> so it's, a, it's, a, it's interesting. It's a... Um, yeah, it's, a, it's quite surreal, I guess, because yeah. you, don't, you don't quite know... If you were to actually visualise the human that I was just eating sushi with 10 minutes ago actually was inside my stomach. And that came from kind of, you know, <laughs> a moment of a moment of love. Like, it yeah. actually is pretty crazy. It's mad, isn't it? It is mad that, that we were all inside our mums at some point. <laughs> isn't that mad? It blows my mind when I think about that. Oh. Yeah. I know. That is a sentence. <laughs> that's going on the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we were all inside our mums. I think that's great. <laughs> but we were, and it and it blows my mind that we were. That's how we all started. And oh man, and then we. It's get magical, in, isn't it? Isn't it? And it's funny because when you see you see animals giving birth, like horses and things like that, and you go, "Whoa, mm. God, this job blimey!" But it's the same thing, really. You know, mm. I remember when when the, Lisa, the mother of my kids, was giving birth, and uh, you know, the uh, Kiana, the first one. I remember stood there, and she, I, I thought she'd be laying down in bed, and I'd be like holding her hand and like up the top, you know, like sort mm. of out of the way. But she's sitting up, so you're amongst it. You're there. And then all the and and the, 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 everything started to come pouring out, and I just stood there going, "Oh wow!" And it's difficult not to say "Oh wow" out loud yeah. when uh, someone that you love is in tremendous pain. Yeah, you know. And I'm like, I can see, I can see his head, and she's like, "Well, pull it fucking out then." And I'm like, "Ah, I can't." <laughs> it's not, it's not, wow, it sounds like a James Herriot. It was quite um, a thing. Yeah, it's always just get me hand in, and that's it's. I was talking about this to someone last night, actually. Talk, we were talking about pain thresholds mm. and how women are obviously built. To, your pain thresholds are a bit further, you know, you're oh. a bit further out than than us lads. We'd be if it was as we are now, and we had to give birth, we'd be shocking, absolutely shocking. I literally, right, I um, was the most deluded person ever. I had a ten-page birth plan, and at the top in caps, it said "no drugs at any point." And I remember saying to a friend. <laughs> I've got this 10-page birth plan, no drugs. Kelly, that's the first time you've ever said no to drugs in your whole life. <laughs> anyway, so that was that. And um, actually, you know, 
I went overdue. So we, ha I had to be induced. And they're like, you know, you can, we'll induce you and then you can go home. So I was like, wicked. I'm going to go straight to Nando's. Uh, <laughs> half a chicken, chips and coleslaw That's if it. you're interested. Yeah. And I uh, thought we'd go home for, you know, a bit of a rom-com. And I was just so deluded. I was in this hypnobirthing kind of bubble where I was like, I'm going to breathe my baby out. I literally packed two suitcases with bikinis, Bombay mix to have at nine <laughs> centimetres. I had laminated <laughs> pictures of canals that I was going to visualise. Oh, yeah. And then literally had a bath. And because I was induced, I literally went bang into like screaming every three minutes, like vibes, ridiculous. Oh. Call, called an Uber. <laughs> and this guy, he had probably 10 of my like, it was the highest pitch scream. I just couldn't even control the pain. Really? And we stopped at Leighton um, Station just by the traffic lights. And these two boys just walked past the car and they were like, is someone being killed in that car? <laughs> and, uh, and it just, you know, it was just un unreal. Got to the hospital one centimetre. But, you know, just I couldn't even compute how painful it was. Like yeah. if someone had put a bullet up to my head, I'd be like, yeah, do it. Because I really? could not actually get over it. Um, and what is it? Was it just you could feel the the pressure of the baby like pushing? Yeah, it was like um, it was like because I think basically when you're induced, um, you are sent into a false sense of labour. So I my body hadn't basically caught up. So it's like bang, I was uh, having contractions. Whereas normally you have like quite a big build up from mm. what I gather. Um, and uh, you know, anyway, it ended up in. Uh, an emergency cesarean and we're all healthy and happy and very lucky but i just couldn't believe how you know i literally mm. as soon as i got in there i was like where are the tracks <laughs> and i said that probably about five thousand times until they they put a spinal block in me and delivered the baby Oof. so yeah, so I just think, you know, actually, uh, perfect vagina, emergency cesarean. So, you know, all, <laughs> all's well that ends well. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't an emergency. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't cesarean or not with the, what I've witnessed twice. And uh, it was, it was, <laughs> it was quite, a, quite a scene. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Even I know I know like women listening now going typical bloke you just don't know what you're saying mm -hmm. I, I I couldn't of course I'll never know I don't know I can only tell you what I observed and I know halfway through Lisa got up and I'm like where are you going she says I'm going to the toilet I need a shit I'm like you've Aww. you've got a baby coming out you can't go anywhere you've got to stay here it's a good sign well yes yeah <laughs> your body just pushing everything out but. And that, and that is, I think this is a thing that we men and women need to talk more about. And maybe maybe men and women are talking more about this now. So it wasn't, this was in 1992. So, you know, we didn't, there wasn't, we didn't have books. Well, there were books. We didn't mm. read them. You know, there wasn't, it wasn't as it is now. It seems to be, there are more manuals and things. We kind of just kind of had to just ask advice from other people. Yeah, you know. and do boys really talk about it with no, each other? You know, we all. didn't really do the NCT thing. We we did sort of hypnobirthing, but I mean, I like I think it's quite hard on the boys. I remember this guy saying to me that he his wife was in full blown labour, and he just was like he had three sentences, and he just kept like, <laughs> yeah, I've heard that repeating them. <laughs> That's it. Very good. Well yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I think it's quite hard for the men, actually. Like, I think to see your 
beloved, you know, your partner in that kind of pain. Mm. Um, you know, some people don't feel pain. Fair play to those fuckers, you know. But, <laughs> uh, you know, like, I think actually for the men, it is actually quite a hard role. And, uh, you know, in hypnobirthing, they say, you know, your birth partner should be, you know, protecting your space. And it's like, actually, the reality is quite often your space is like, you know, you're being kind of your water's broken. You've got five people fisting you, you know, <laughs> it, you know, baby monitors. It's all quite high intensity, especially if you're in a hospital. I mean, you know, not all home births are like that. And I'm sure a lot of births aren't like that. And I'm not speaking generally here, but mm. I think for the men, actually, it's quite tough. Yeah. And we, and, we don't even know where to begin and we can't it's funny with that like i was like she just said look just rub my back rub my back and so i was rubbing her back and then she was like fuck off stop touching me rub my back <laughs> rub my back stop touching me and it was like that phrase is and it yeah and but and men don't talk about it for some reason and mm. we don't talk about it to women we need to be able to ask more questions and just go look i genuinely don't know what what you're going to go through or what you are going through can you tell me? You know, there needs to be more communication. And I don't know if that's, there is more of that now, but certainly back then there wasn't, you know. I mean, there wasn't even 24-hour shops. There was a garage somewhere that I had to go out and find Chewits at three o'clock in the morning. But Essential. That was a thing. Chewits and, what was it? There was Chewits and Bolognese, that was it. Lovely. Yeah, not at the same time, but um, <laughs> those were the things I had to fetch. And, it, yeah, you don't, we don't talk, we don't, we don't ask, we're scared to ask the questions. And so, but you know. I think there's a lot more information out there. And if yeah. you think actually even just like the Channel 4 programme of one born every minute, mm. you know, actually that whole experience that always had been quite sort of closed door, birth and birthing has, yeah. you know, now made its way to a, mainstream tv program so actually it's been outed a bit hasn't it mm, it's not yeah. sort of matrons with a woman hidden behind a door it's a <laughs> you know you can yeah. see three you know three people pop them out in one hour on channel four and actually is that kind of normalizing it and enabling boys to kind of and men to yeah I just think, thinking, yeah. riffing. No, I think you're right. And, and it, but it all comes back to the same thing, doesn't it? That we are only now starting to make those changes where men are talking to each other. And it it's going to take a long time for men on all levels, on all from all backgrounds to talk to each other. I still hear, you know, there's still that, you know, that, you know, for, for, for whatever phrase, uh, toxic masculinity amongst like proper men in vans and things like that. I was with someone a little while ago and it was all, I saw this bird the other day and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I was like, don't, why are you talking like that still? And then he sort of got, he went, oh yeah, sorry. He, like, he felt he had to talk that way. And it was only because I, only because I turned around and went, mate, we're not, come on, we're not doing that, are we? And he went, oh yeah. And we had a lovely afternoon, but it's still it's still happening it's still out there and I think you met a few you know, birds yeah he was driving he was yeah got, and he, we were driving along in this van and he just and he went oh look there's, where's one and I was like mate fucking hell and it was all a front I'd have loved to have been in that van that just sounds so fun it was it it was the first <laughs> the first half an hour I'm like just get me out of here this is shit but after that it was completely fine. After we after we spoke, you know, we meant we talked about the, the elephant in the van, and 
Um, was that yeah. talk sport on the radio? Can you please get that shit off? I can't stand. I can't stand that. I don't nice. like sport. I don't like anyone. Anyone that talks to me about football, I just shut down. I just. Yeah. I've said that on here loads of times. Don't I? But people do assume. Like coronation chicken and and football. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, nah, you're all right, mate. It's, I, I I'm so used to it. It's all fine. Um, coronation chicken though can be quite snazzy. <laughs> no, it can't. Come no, on. No, it can't. Matter. It's got raisins in it. Um, it's got raisins. It's got raisins in it. <laughs> no, it's got fucking fruit in me chicken. No, you can't have that. No. Oh, it's on me or your. No, we can't have raisins no. in your chicken. I'll tell you what, though. What I did take away from lockdown was um, squeezing uh, zest and things into your, your, your fruit, the juice of a lemon and stuff into your food. Oh, my word. It's changed my life. Oh, yeah. It's changed my life. I didn't know that that was a thing until Jade started doing it, and now I'm, I squeeze lemon into everything. <laughs> Beans She's a foodie, isn't she? She loves she it. Yeah. I've heard that if you put lemon, I think Angela Hartnett said, like um, like even a roast lamb, that if at the end you just squeeze a bit of lemon over it, it will really like heighten the flavour. Yeah, exactly. I didn't realise how magical lemons were. It's it's I, it's changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. Speaking of food, is this it, what? So you've got Crohn's disease. Yeah. Now. And obviously food, is food a problem, major problem? I don't really know a lot about Crohn's. I know people that have got it, um, but I don't really know. I don't really know. So, well, do you know what? I, but my, I had a, my first romantic holiday with my husband six, 16 years ago. What? <laughs> um, we went to Menorca for an absolute shag fest and I got salmonella. And um, it's a brilliant kind of, illness to get on a first holiday mm. and uh shat all over him wonderful and, and, uh, anyway, and then you know <laughs> but anyway so um and and i think that really affected my tummy right and mm. then uh fast forward to 2018 we're in bali and i get this insect bite on my leg and basically it got really bad and from on the back of that they were like well with this particular thing you've got uh, with your skin is mm. either, you know, you've got an underlying thing of leukemia or Crohn's or colitis. So they did a colonoscopy and they found Crohn's. Wow. And, you know, ever since then, I've been on immune suppressive treatment. I had eight months off work and kind of had to get a lot better. It was a complete autoimmune kind of shutdown. Right. And I had to kind of retrain what was serving me and what was good for my body and stress and just think about overall well-being so food played a really important part of that and so i spoke to a nutritionist friend and got lots of advice and i instantly cut out gluten yeah right okay and i never thought i was going to be a wheatard rich you know i never <laughs> thought i was going to be that guy can i have the gluten-free menu please i never thought i was going to be that yeah, guy yeah you're that but but I realised that it had to be done because mm. I needed all the things that inflamed my body to be taken away. Right. And so um, gluten, unfortunately, is just in everything, right? Yeah. And I, I heard your conversation with Felicity Hayward and she was talking about sugar and it's like, yeah, it's everywhere. It Wheat, is. sugar, all the bad stuff. So actually by cutting that out... Um, you know, regularly having bone broth and just, you know, being measured. I mean, I still like would 
eat a camembert hole in one. You know, like I still <laughs> love love food and I yeah. love cooking and I love entertaining and I I love the whole thing. I love all the delicacies. But in terms of that gluten thing, that had to kind of stop. Yeah. Um, and then if I, I, I'm kind of careful, like if I feel like I might be a bit flary, I will like up my turmeric and like <laughs> cut back on my booze. And, you know, just, I just think you like, I'm far more listening to my body. Whereas I think my twenties and thirties, I was just probably, you know, not listening to it probably as much as I should have. Well, yeah, um, I don't think anybody does. But you just kind of barrel through life. You're like, I'm invincible. I'll just fling whatever. Mm. And it's only till you get older and you go, actually, this isn't, I'm, I'm changing shape. Um, mm. Yeah, I found that recently. I'm, I've seen photos of myself. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. That, that needs to not be there anymore. So I'm starting to like cut stuff out and. What are you cutting cut out? Well, that, just sugar. I want to cut down on sugar, which is really hard to do. As you say, it's in everything. Mm. But I'm making that change. Well done. I'm trying, man. But I just, do you know what? I fucking love sugar. Yeah. Excuse my French. I just like, but it is, um, especially when you start to see little people starting to get familiar with sugar mm. and how they change. It's like, I, you know, yeah, I think it's really bad stuff and... Like so evil. I've just bought a sandwich and it comes with a meal deal and it, I've got a can of drink, um, San Pellegrino. Very nice. But... Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. But I, I think what I'm doing, I'm like a... It's like an addict. Like I'll buy it, but I won't drink it. I'll take it home with me and put it in the fridge and my, and my flatmate will have it. <laughs> so... It's almost like, and now producer Paul is showing me pictures of fairy cakes on the screen in front mm. of me. Thanks, producer Paul. <laughs> you're welcome, you're welcome. Are these gluten-free? No, not at all. They've got everything in. <laughs> he's showing me. I've got a screen in front of me, and he's showing me pictures of fairy cakes. But I think you know what? Like, there's too much temptation out there. And I went to boarding school, aged eight, and like we would like nail our sloppy lamb stew to have that Arctic roll. And like, I was always clean plate club. Like, that was kind of like you have to have a clean plate. Yeah. And I think I've always been that. Like, if someone served me a meal, like even. Once we were travelling and I like had a chicken anus in this soup and from this like um, oh, Cambodian taxi driver took us to his house and we like first mouthful was like chicken bum right in my mouth. I'm, like, <laughs> I just know it has to be done and it's like I've, I'm a bit clean plate club in my head and I oh, yeah. I think that's boarding school. It kind of in, it just you have to finish your meal otherwise you just don't you know you don't you're going to get told off or yeah right. And I think that mentality kind of is probably not very positive and um i've always carried junk in my trunk like always and um but i'm proud that i've kind of always kept fit with it like i've run a marathon you know as yeah, a size right. 14 woman and uh i was listening to your show with felicity hayward and mm. the size zero thing and i've done quite a lot of stuff for kind of ugly models plus size stuff and uh i kind of like don't like the way people with big bums are kind of judged no. like not to be able to do something and i think once i was outward bounding and someone said to me this isn't your kind of thing is it and i was like i don't know what you mean <laughs> and then i like went and did a 5k run and i was like yeah and then i like did 10k and i was like i'm gonna yeah, do a half right. marathon and then like you know and then i was like i'm gonna climb the three peaks do you know what? i'm just gonna get back on my bike after 25 years because i'm like actually do you know what fuck the stereotypes you can do anything you want just like 
get get on with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think mine's more. I'm more upset that I've got I've got really nice clothes that I can't I can't fit into, and it won't take much for me to be able to. So that's what's upset me is that I'm like, oh, they're really I like those jeans. Just I just want to get into them again. Mm. But it's but yeah, this this assumption that we all have to be stick thin in order to mm. be beautiful and 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 active and and. Um, accepted by society is just bollocks. It's utter bollocks. I was booked for this sun job, right? And it's like, oh, you're going to be the national average. Okay, do you want to do it? It's 200 quid, yeah? Um, We're going to put you in a bikini. You're going to be the national average, right? Size 14 woman. And we're going to put you next to um, a size zero. Okay, are you up for it? I was like, yeah, yeah, totally up for it. And uh, they put us in like the same bikini, but in different sizes. Mm. And... Then when it was pu- published, I was just so mortified. I was like, why have I done this? Mm. Like, w- you know, confident, ballsy woman. This is a good thing to do. Yeah. And then actually I was like, this this, this piece is so negative yeah. and, and really wrong. And, you know, on the flip, I was booked for a bum article for... <laughs> new woman or something which was can you imagine there being a bum article now so there's eight bums and we're all shot by this beautiful female photographer shot from behind completely naked it was brilliant yeah um and but then they had like people rating our bums right <laughs> and it's like dave from enfield says kelly's got a great bum oh. and uh and actually, I was like, actually, that was kind of like, at the time, I was like, I felt really empowered by that. But then the sun piece, where I was like, literally next to a size zero. And I was thinking, what is this actually trying to, is this trying to actually make mm. people with the national average feel okay? Like, it didn't feel right. No, That's it doesn't it. feel right. No, yeah. mate, it's... That I, was a tangent, Soz. No, 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 you're absolutely right. Um, I, You're absolutely fine. Jade and I have these discussions all the time. You know, because you know she's a she's a larger lady, and she gets a lot of shit online, and it's always by people that you go, "Hang on a minute, have you not got a mirror in your house? Mm-hmm. How are you? Who are you to sit and judge anybody on anything when you're sat there in your your uh, your thousand washed polo shirt that is mm. has seen better days, mm. and you can see your little belly poking out, and you've got the audacity to pick holes in in other people? How dare you? That is jealousy, though, right? I uh, I've decided that any trolling is jealousy. Oh, for sure. It has yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, Because what else is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just don't, I yeah. don't understand what else it can be. No. Uh, you know, especially someone as, you know, successful and powerful and beautiful as Jade. Yeah, <laughs> she gets mentioned on every every one of these. <laughs> Aww. Uh, um, I, so with your illness and your pregnancy, mm. do you have to take special measures or are you sort of like, just as long as you sort of keep an eye on yourself? I don't know, yeah. Well, thanks for caring, Mitch. I do, you know what? It's weird building a baby in a pandemic. Like, it is a bit of a well, strange, of course, yeah. you know. Um, but I'm I'm feeling healthy. I'm, you know, to, I'm cycling 20K, uh, you know, doing 20K rides once mm. a week. I'm, I'm trying to... Um, 20K? So, yeah, every week for the past eight weeks with a friend on a Wednesday morning, she picks me up outside my house, 6.50, and we cycle 20K. And um, just trying to keep really fit because I think, with especially with the old coronavirus, mm. if it comes knocking at my door, I want to be fit. 
And yeah. I think a lot of inflammation in your body can be cancelled out by health and fitness is totally anti-inflammatory. So I'm just trying to keep super fit and positive. And my my body feels great in pregnancy, but I've got an amazing gastro um, and wellness team at Homerton Hospital who are all over me because obviously there's a strong chance that once this baby comes that... I could go straight into kind of a flare, which would then mean I'm quite poorly. Mm. Um, so I've got a great team all around me and I'm just trying to keep as fit as possible. So hopefully that means when the baby comes, my recovery will be quick and, you know, I'll be able to manage two children and, you know, life yeah. and work and all those things. So, yeah. Oh, mate. 20K, how long does that take you? About an hour and 40. Wow. I... I um. <laughs> I I've been staying in West Ham and and I've got a, I've got a job in uh, in a t-shirt place in Leon C. And oh, wow. I, I had this moment when my car's not working, so I went, you know what? I'm going to cycle to Leon C from West Ham. And well, I was how long like, does that take? Well, on the map, right, it said two hours and forty-five, and I thought, well, I haven't cycled in a while, not any distance. So I thought, I'll give myself a bit more time. Um, and it, it took me four hours. <gasps> wow. <laughs> I didn't make time for the heels. Um, I was unprepared with my, uh, my shorts. I didn't have my cushioned shorts on. Oh, no. I didn't, and I couldn't jump on a train to have a mask with me. So I ended up getting just outside of Rayleigh and I'm stood by this side. I'm like, I have to keep going. I can't, I have to just, I don't know what to do. Yeah, it took me four hours. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> um, you're in West Ham, so you're around the corner. Yes, I am, yeah, at the moment, yeah. Well, we should meet for an ice cream in the old, in West Ham Park. I love that park. Well, let's do it. I'm up for that. Yeah, definitely. So how, it's, um, how far but well done, you. Thank you. Well, four four well hours done. it took me. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, um, it's a lot. It's 35 miles or something. And uh, yeah. I, that I, is a lot. I hadn't prepared. I had not prepared. Um, so how far along are you? Are you? I'm um, in age forty years old. In <laughs> pregnancy, I'm twenty four weeks. So I look like I've swallowed a pumpkin. Mm. And yeah, like I'm gonna be having a planned cesarean this time. Okay. On at the end of January. So. You know, I just feel like this winter is going to be funky. So I've just kind of installed through different bits and bops on eBay and stuff, my own kind of fireplace in my house. I'm like, I'm going to make it as cosy as possible in here because yeah. we're going to be in, aren't we? I just keep thinking when they're talking about winter, it's like that scene in Game of Thrones, that like Night of the Dead. Yes. <laughs> and I just think, um, <laughs> I think anything to kind of create a, cozy home space before yeah. that baby comes because it's a bit bleak the next few months i think the, the stats today are just tw over twenty five thousand new covid cases i'm sorry yeah can't quite get over that but no anyway. i know it's it's ugh. um yeah i it, it, yeah so you're doing the right thing hunker down yeah just barricade yourself in and uh <laughs> yeah and it, and it's, you're having a cesarean again, and that's. Um, can you just choose to have that, or is it for medical terms, medical um, purposes? I do you know what I because the first time was so uh, insane. I just made it clear from the get go that this was 
my definite intention and fair play to the midwife at Homerton. She was like, okay, yeah, fair enough. Mm. I think she kind of, um, there was no discussion of trying it any other way. The only person who's mentioned it, and my sister is a midwife, she was like, would you, uh, you know, like to uh, <laughs> try for a vaginal birth, Kelly? And I was like, literally like, just looked at her and she couldn't really say anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if there's an option to not have that. No, thank um, you. And no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My mate, Gav, he, um, he's, his son, uh, Jimmy, was born... I think he's born on the in the car on the way there. And Gavin had to, <gasps> my mate Gav had to, uh, yeah, had to, uh, yeah, do the do the do. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, I forgot about that, Gav. If you're listening, um, yeah, he, uh, he had to, yeah, they was they were on their way there, and uh, there was no there was no stopping it. It was already in the, it was already in the barrel. Oh, well done, Gav. <laughs> that must be it's good story, isn't it? Yeah. And so there is that. There's that. So it's men that don't talk to each other. Then there's men that just have to roll their sleeves up and uh, and get get involved. And, and your partner is he? I, I imagine he's nothing but supportive and and read up on everything and ready to go. He's just an uh, like he's a team player, and that is all you can ask for. You know. Mm. What... I think I think for the birth, obviously, but also just that day to day thing of. Uh, you know, looking after a soul and making sure everyone is kind of happy and fulfilled amongst this job of parenting and getting yeah. it right. And, you know, I think uh, I think I'm very lucky to have a really good one. So, yeah, well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. yeah, it's all right. But it is a big thing, the parenting thing. Like, it is like... It's, it's it's everything. It's I, I I quite often call it like the brain confetti of, you know, is she got the right shoes on? When does she get her teeth checked? You know, do mm. we need to go to the doctor? You know, yeah. has she got the right school uniform? Has she done her reading? What and all those things like you do can't you like? It's a lot to consider. So I mean, f- so much respect to single parents out there. Like oh, I was, yeah, absolutely. my parents divorced when I was four, and my mum brought me up until the age of fourteen when she passed away. Mm. And I think, like, actually, I look back and I just think, how did she do it? And she like was holding down hundreds of businesses. She's just like a incredible, crazy mogul. But I was like, how did she do it? Because you know, I it's a lot. <laughs> mm. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. I um, and that and that was something that was brought to my attention when I was with my first one. One of the other it was um, some friends of my uh, ex mother in law came round, and Nick, who's the the husband, he took me to one side and he goes, "Are you all right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. I'm fine." He goes, "You're gonna get a bit forgotten about." He said, "It's all gonna be babies, and it's all gonna be mums, mm. it's gonna be this." And he goes, and, "You know, and mm. you know, and uh, yeah, talking about men not talking to each other, but he did." And he was this mm. big biker dude as well. You wouldn't, you wouldn't imagine him to, someone like him to be that way. But he's a really sensitive soul. And he, he came around in his leathers and his mullet and he's all this, <laughs> this big burly dude. And he just looked and he just went, "Are you, are you all right, mate? Are you doing okay? Because mm. you know you're going to get forgotten and this, that, and the other." And that's so nice. It was really nice. It was, and I suddenly realized, I'm like, "Oh shit, yeah, no one's really talking to me at all." Unless it's, can you go and fetch that? Can you get that? You know, like yeah. mum would come around and go, oh, come on, she shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing that. You know, it's, yeah. There's a bit of that, bit of the old stereotyping going on. But yeah. actually, do you know what? Um, 
Pete's birthday was two days after Tabs was born. Mm. And uh, and I kind of had wrapped all these presents before the birth and I managed to hustle like a local coffee shop to like deliver breakfast. <laughs> and I kind of always kept in my mind, I think maybe also because my mum isn't around, mm. you know, he, he kind of is, you know, actually it is... He's a, you know, he's part of, it's totally part, we're all part of one big ball of energy, aren't mm, we? Yeah. God, that's, that didn't come out completely right, but. I know what you, you mean. Know, I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, I just think like he is my kind of support network number one and actually has to be put right at the top of the list. And Yeah, yeah. I understand yeah. that. I totally understand that. Um, and you, I was going to yeah. say something really naughty, and actually, I just don't think it's suitable for this. So. <laughs> you can but, say it on here. We say it. All, all manner of stuff gets said on here. I I gave Pete a blowjob when we came home from delivering a baby, <laughs> and everyone just can't quite believe that that even <laughs> like uh, twenty four hours after a C section. And I just think actually, fair play to the geese. That's kind of what I was trying to get at with that. I tell you we what, we can cut that, Paul, because that is naughty. Keep it in, Paul. I think that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I do remember. Let's go to the trailer. With the, with... <laughs> <laughs> Shush, no. Yeah. Uh, I remember we, we yeah when they were because um, Lisa was going on it was running on a little bit and they were like well there are ways that you, you know you go and eat a hot curry and then they said one of the ways is to have sex <laughs> and I remember <laughs> st- start over okay, and we went back and said, shall we and I'm like okay so we started doing it and then I had to I had to stop <laughs> I just stopped and then laid next to her and she's like you're all right I went I just envisage my penis going up where the baby is yeah. and it's little hands. <laughs> like, oh. and I, I, like, I can't, I don't want that to happen. I, I know it's no. not happening. I know it's not <laughs> biologically right, but in my head, my penis was going up past the baby. Yeah. And I'm not even that yeah. big. It wasn't like, you know, it's just, yeah. No, but men are super visual, I think, as opposed to women. Women are, mm, I think, just men are, like, far more visual. Yeah, oh, my mm. God. <laughs> well done for trying. Well we did, done for trying. We tried, and then <laughs> then I had to stop, and I did apologise, and she, yeah, and she did. We, we, we laughed. That was the main thing. Yeah. We did laugh about it. <laughs> it's good to laugh. Yeah. Uh, um, well, yeah, well, we did other stuff, you know. Anyway, just to try and help things along. We thought it might help if we do something else anyway. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if it did, but not long after, she we had to take it to the hospital. So, you know, well, who knows? Well who knows? done. Who knows? <laughs> it's funny, like, when you see couples, they go, we're, we're pregnant. Do you do that? Or do you not? I, I find I it when they when they go, we're no. pregnant. You know, no, you, you no. are. No, no, I don't think I am that guy. No. I don't think so. But um, I do feel like quite lucky to feel so energised at the moment and I'm trying to get as much kind of work in and do as much kind of get as productive as I possibly can because I just think you don't know kind of when that energy is going to go and I think... Mm. No, absolutely, like, yeah. Actually just to um, be enjoy every second when you're feeling good and I think maybe the health thing has kind of definitely reinforced that and... I've always been a bit like that, I think, because my mum's life got taken a bit too soon. And I think actually just always, I've always been a lid licker, you know, of like giving life, mm. um, you know, giving life its best shot. Yeah. Your mum sounds like an incredible woman. 
Yeah, she was a character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I think uh, I'm I'm recording a five part podcast series about motherless mothers at the moment, and um, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be good. I mean, it's hard hitting. I I, I shouldn't blow my own. Oh God! Why am I now completely on that tip? I just can't get off flowing. <laughs> but yeah, it's just—I feel like those stories are so important uh, to be told. And actually, there's so many mums out there doing it without a mum, without a dad, without anyone. So I think to hear the stories of others who are kind of going about this journey of motherhood and parenting on their own. Yeah. I think, oh, it's going to be something to be really proud of, yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It's difficult, like you say, doing it in a in a couple, but when you're doing it on your own, like you say, your mum was doing it and holding mm. down various companies and, mm. and as well as as well as well bringing you up. That's, that's mm. what an extraordinary woman. Yeah, um, and you. it sounds like, well, it sounds like you're a chip off the old block, mate. Really? Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Dream, dream and aspire. Yeah. <laughs> so what record shop, what shop are you working in? I'm interested. I'm working in, a, uh, I work for a t-shirt company called SOS Clothing. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, they're good lads. They're very good lads. And uh, they That's are. Good. Yeah, they're wonderful. And um, they, yes. And so I'm doing that. And so, so SOS Clothing for all your t-shirt needs. Um, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's all cool. But yeah, we, um, yeah, we, we, we've got other stuff going on, so keeping busy but um so when are you due when when's it due so yeah end of jan um ah so well i, I was born uh 29th of january my, my birthday and is that a good birthday to have rich yes what's good about it you're an aquarian it's the best star sign we're absolute legends or as I... felicity said we're a bit we're fucking weirdos but we're also <laughs> absolute legends is it um is it far enough away from Christmas that you still feel like you have your own birthday? Yes. Well, that's good. Hey, there is a bit of oh, I've done Christmas and birthday now. I've got nothing till next year, but it's still fun because because Christmas comes around, you enjoy Christmas and then you get you go back to school and then suddenly like oh my god, it's my birthday in a couple of weeks' time, and you get all excited mm. again. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, the beginning of the year for us Aquarians is brilliant. We love it. And I, I think I think you'll be fine. Absolutely Brilliant. fine. So I wish you all the best with Thank it. You. Thank you. It's been an absolute joy having you on. Where can we yeah. find you? So on Instagram, I am Book of Mum, and uh, on iTunes at the moment there is a series of the Everything Project in uh, collaboration with Mac. There's a six-part series. We're on episode five today, dedicated to amazing stories of HIV around okay. the world. And yeah, I'm on Soho Radio every other Wednesday. Just dropped an amazing interview yesterday with Bushwhacker. Oh, wow. Uh, the international DJ and producer. So yeah, Book of Mum on Instagram and on Facebook. And Kelly Maxine Ford on Twitter. Soho Radio. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. I need so to whittle much, that man. down. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great. Well, you, you'd have some time off in a bit. So. Yeah. Thank you. Good luck. I wish you all the best. Thanks so much, Rich. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.